welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship, brought to you by the Spiritual Maturity Team here at Saddleback Church. My name's Doug Jones, and I'm glad to be joining you for another episode. And over here to my right... Jason, and you missed a perfectly uh, good opportunity to start this episode by saying hark instead of hey. I just want to point that out. You should have said, hark, it's another episode of Doable Discipleship. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But I have a feeling we're going to say the word hark enough in this episode that it's not really going to be a problem. (laughs) Hey, uh, if you're joining us uh, and you're a regular listener, then you probably already know what's going on. But if you're joining us for the first time or you've somehow stumbled onto this video on YouTube or you just joined us for the podcast, yeah, we welcome you. We're so glad you're here. And here's a quick synopsis of what we're doing right now leading up to Christmas. Beginning last week, continuing through this week and next week, we are... We're we're dissecting some of the classic Christmas tunes, uh, the, the the old hymns that are just filled with rich meaning at Christmas time. Uh, last week we unpacked the song "Joy to the World," which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get to that in a minute. But the cool thing about these episodes is that, as you noticed if you watched or listened last week, uh, we had to we had the privilege, I yeah, say, really to cool. have this really cool studio, like acoustic recording session with a bunch of the members of the spiritual, uh, excuse me, the the worship arts team here at Saddleback. So we had like this private time with them where they were just like jamming on these songs, having a, a killer time. And so they recorded these songs specifically for doable discipleship. For you guys watching or listening. Yeah, it was really, really cool. It's By the way, Christmas present from them. Yeah. And and we should say as well that Saddleback Worship has a, a new EP out, yeah. uh, which is called Lift. No, it's called Heaven Came Down. Heaven Came Down. Uh, You can find that on iTunes. I believe it's on Spotify as well. You can buy it pretty much anywhere digital music is sold. So check that out if you want some great Christmas tunage for this year. I bought it the other day. It's great. It is really good. Uh, So we're going to cut away now, and you're going to hear today's song from the worship arts team called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Probably you've heard of it. Maybe. And in just a minute, we're going to come back and talk about it. So please enjoy. Oh 
by highest heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord light and life to all he brings risen with healing in his wings mild he Welcome back. Uh, that was awesome. I think you'll agree. Thank you, Josh, for singing that one. Yeah. Man, he has the just the buttery, sweet voice of, of an angel. angel. It's, oh. like, it's like listening yeah. to apple pie. Wow. I, I doubt he's ever uh, been told that, so we should send that uh, yeah. to him. Yeah, well, that's one of my highest compliments. <laughs> the voice of apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> your voice is like eating apple pie with your ears. Uh, I think the first thing we should talk about with this song, because it's like it, it carries some old English language right there in the title, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's start with the translation of the title. Uh, one good way to translate this into modern English would be, listen, the official messenger of the Lord is singing. <laughs> That's probably like the... Yeah, we can break, like, I mean, stop what you're doing, open your ears, we got something to say. Yeah, I actually think the title deserves a little more punctuation, like "hark!" exclamation mark. Which I'm pretty sure the, I think the original, the original probably title does. does have that. Yeah. And then it breaks away to the the herald angels sing. So herald means like the official spokesperson or messenger or announcer. Angel is also a messenger of the Lord, uh, and then sings means to sing to it's, make it's, melodic it's sounds with your vocal cords. Sustained talking. Yeah, if you want to go back to like the Music Man days. Singing sustained is just sustained talking, talking is a line from the Music Man for all of you um, fans of 1950s musical theater. Well, we're all bored. Great. Let's continue. Okay. Uh, let's let's start talking about the themes of this song. Jason, you want to take us into the first one there? Yeah, I thought what would be cool for this one. So last week with Joy of the World, we kind of went through like the first verse and kind of and broke down each line of that, spent a lot of time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is so rich in its themes. There's a lot of great content in here. So we wanted to break this down instead of by order of song, but by themes. So the first theme that we wanted to talk about was kingship and the humility of Christ, right? So we get these lines. I'm just going to read four lines from the song to you first, and then we're going to talk about kind of what this means. So the first line is, glory to the newborn king, right? Heart the herald angel sing, glory to the newborn king. And then we got Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace, and a mild he lays his glory by. So there's this huge dichotomy that we're talking about. We have we have the kingship, we have we have the glory to the newborn king, we have hail the heaven-born prince, and then we have this idea of mild he lays his glory by. Yeah. And that's what's 
I think that's what's, it's something that's so astounding about the Christmas story. And we get a big sense of that in this song is mm. that we, is, is we get to celebrate the birth of the King, you know, in the last song, we joy the world. We talked about the Messiah coming and everything. And, and yet what we're celebrating is uh, a, a baby. Mm-hmm. He, he came as a baby in mild he lays his glory by yeah so he came as as a baby he was born in a manger and then he grows in that as he grows up and is jesus you know it's it's not who everybody thinks a reigning king should be right. he's not coming with you know his sword and armor on a steed with an army yeah is is jesus the carpenter mm-hmm. um not like karen carpenter but jesus a carpenter <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, there's a juxtaposition that happens in this song and indeed in The Coming of Jesus where you have simultaneously, and then this song captures it well because it has all these regal declarations about who Jesus is, but simultaneously it, 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 uh, it points us also to the humility of Jesus' coming, that, yeah. that God would descend to our level, that he would lay aside mm-hmm. the, many of the, the privileges of his deity and that he would take on not just human form, but genuine humanity, as we yeah. discussed a few episodes back uh, during the Worldview series. Um, sorry, you but, aired up for something. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, like, in just this line alone, in Christ the highest heaven adored, Christ yeah. the everlasting Lord, you get the full, like, uh, not the full sense, but a good sense of, of his, his sovereignty. Yeah. And then juxtapose that with the mild he lays his glory by. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a great image. And there's and, and there's so many in this song that we're going to talk about. But this yeah. one in particular is so great. And I wanted to read Isaiah 9, 6. Um, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. And it's just this great sense of what we... of of the glory that comes with Christ. Yeah. And um and so much of the Christmas season is spent th- like talking about the birth story and, and what which is which is a huge part of it of course, but we have to remember the glory in it too. Yeah. You know that that we aren't just getting to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we're celebrating the life of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, all that would come. Yeah. I think there's two I th- I think there's two like a uh, it's it's um I think it's interesting too because simultaneously you have this humble, humble thing happening on earth, just an an obscure couple mm-hmm. in an obscure town in uh, a, at this time, at this time a fairly obscure nation yeah. and part of the world. A very simple act is happening, a very common act, the the, the birth of a child in in a very unremarkable setting, yeah. and yet there's like this these this glorious heavenly angelic chorus so it's like it, to me there's just this wacky thing it's like earth did not appreciate what had come to it <laughs> no you know yeah. like the, the from the perspective of heaven from god's perspective and from the angelic perspective this was a massive massive moment and it was met with heavenly fanfare mm-hmm. but for us and even to this day many of us never really um never really recognize the gravity of what happened at yeah, Christmas. Yeah, and coming, like, you know, and there's a, there's a whole other song, The Little Town of Bethlehem song. Yeah. Like, you get to say, like, it's not like, it's not like the King of Kings was being born in Jerusalem, in the Holy, you know, yeah. born in, in the little town out the skirts of Nowheresville. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, and, and born, like, 
in a manger in a barn. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's it's really crazy to think of it. Yeah. But to think that God knew even then that we would be singing these type of songs today and thinking about that kind yeah. of stuff and and thinking about like what that image of meekness means to us 2000 years later. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think an encouragement for all of us at Christmas time is to is to um try to see things from the heavenly perspective. Mm -hmm. Because from the heavenly perspective, we can see things as they really are. Um, Christmas, Christmas in the the sense of our celebration today, and Christmas in the sense of the, you know, the the time, the event of Jesus is coming, um, is seen very differently here on earth and in heaven. I think as Christians, we can try to conform our perspective to the perspective of heaven and say, no, we we need to see the gravity of, of what was happening in that time, uh, and I think that's something that can cut across a lot of other areas of life too. Just it's it's wise for us to cultivate a heavenly perspective. Try to see things as Definitely. God sees them, so we can recognize the value in the things that are truly valuable. We can recognize the futility in the things that are truly futile, mm-hmm. um, and and begin to live our lives with that eternal perspective in mind. Um, and I think this song helps us to do that. Great. Let's move on to theme number two, uh, which is the theme of reconciliation between God and humanity, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a big one, and that's one we've talked about on the show quite a bit. And again, if you haven't listened to the Worldview series, uh, the Israel Worldview Bogus episode, and then the four episodes that follow, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta listen to that one, especially uh, the episode on how everything can be made right again, uh, which is called How Jesus Fixes Everything. So go back and listen to that episode, and it'll get into this much more in depth. But we have this theme of reconciliation between God and humankind. Uh, the lyric in the song says, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. So with Jesus' coming, we have this picture of God's taking the initiative to mend the relationship that human beings broke. Yeah. And so that in itself is an expression of God's incredible mercy and grace, that he would, he would condescend to come and meet us, even though we're the ones who had transgressed and had, had turned against him. We have a couple of verses here. Uh, Romans 5.11 is the first one. It says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Um, that, I am a friend of God. <laughs> yeah. I always think of that. Room at the table, all those good, all those good ones. Um, but rejoicing in our wonderful new friendship, the friendship that's made possible because of Jesus, because yeah. of his coming. Uh, but ultimately, not just because of his coming. Um, the coming is just the event that set in motion the mm-hmm. events that would follow, the ones that would really bring reconciliation. Um, but Jesus is the the extension of God's hand to restore a relationship with with a broken world. Yeah, I think too. Like with this part of the of the of the song, the peace on earth in mercy, God and sinners reconciled, is 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 just focusing on that back half that God and sinners reconciled. Yeah, it's it's not like God was coming like I'm only going to save the best people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's God came to reconcile yeah. that relationship with all people because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. So it's that it, it, it's a recognition of the commonness of hu- of humanity that we all have this in common that we all sin. Yeah. And so it's it's not that God is coming saying I'm going to take these few people, these are the best, and I'm going to save yeah. them. It's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm here to save everybody who will have me. Yeah. You know? That's great. Uh, check out Second Corinthians 5, 19 as well. It says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That, that, that operative phrase there is no longer counting people's sins against them. Um, now, obviously, this rec- this reiterates the reconciliation language, but but that goes back to just what you were saying a second ago, that mm-hmm. um, 
that God no longer counts our sins against us on account of Christ. And that is a grace and a mercy that's applied to everybody. No, yeah. And there's nobody that's outside that if they'll receive it, mm-hmm. right? I think, too, just the theme of reconciliation is so important around the holidays. It's something that we think about a lot because, you know, we think of the holiday seasons, we think of time with family, mm-hmm. with friends or loved ones and whatnot, and especially at the end of the year and Christmas time, you know, we think you know, sometimes we think about things that may have happened throughout the year. Yeah. There may be some brokenness in relationships. There may be some issues or barriers or obstacles. Some grieving going on. Whatever. And so this may be a season that you want to, you know, think about this theme of reconciliation and how that can play out in your life. Is there somebody that you need to try to, you know, open the air with, you know, is there somebody you need to ask forgiveness for, or is there somebody, you know, is there, is there a relationship that needs mending? Yeah. Yeah. When Christmas is done right, it's worship. Yeah. I mean, it's a celebration of Jesus's coming and that, so that, that's an expression of worship. Um, But we, we, we hear straight from the mouth of Jesus that before we come and offer We've, we give an offering to the Lord that if something is wrong, if we've got something against a brother or sister in Christ, or they've got something against us, that we need to actually stop before we make that offering, go make that right, and then return to the altar. Yeah. And I think um, that's exactly what you're describing, that as we move into the Christmas season, we should be thinking, uh, if I'm a believer and I'm treating Christmas as a genuine celebration of Jesus's coming, it's an act of worship. Yeah. And my worship to God is acceptable only if I am if I am giving the forgiveness to others that he's given to me and that I'm seeking reconciliation where possible in my life, just as he modeled with me. Mm-hmm. One of the best examples of this is from Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> I know I know, we had a serious tone, but this came to my head, right? Because you get, Turn the, in a corner. Because you get the neighbor next door, the older man, who oh, says he right. hasn't seen his son. You know, they yeah. had a fight, won't talk with him or whatever. He's and, eerily watching the kid through the church doors. Yeah, the and, choir and little Kevin McAllister is like, why don't you call him? I'm sure he wants to hear from you. I'm sure you yeah. want to see your granddaughter. And then, not to spoil, I won't spoil it. But, <laughs> don't spoil this 25-year-old movie. <laughs> so you can guess what happened. <laughs> yeah. Cliffhanger. Go watch Home Alone yeah. 1. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's immortal performance. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's move into the, the third theme. Uh, take us on into it. I'm so glad Home Alone got into this. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, it is one of the quintessential Christmas movies. It truly is. Um, okay, the third theme that we want to talk about is the resurrection and rebirth. And we get some great lyrics from the song that hit on this theme. It says, A light in life to all he brings, arisen with healing in his wings. And it says, Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth, and um, later on it says, born that man, no more they die, um, or no more may die. Um, and again, and this is something we talked quite a bit about in the Worldview series. We talked about um, the, how is it all going to end, or I forget whether the episode was called, it, at the end of the world as you know it episode. Yeah. And so we talked a bit about this, but it's the idea that that Christ he, Christ came because he knew uh, that we needed saving. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Things were bad. We needed saving. We could only be saved by Christ and through Christ. And so because of this, we don't need to fear death, which we talked a lot about. Mm. Because of this, we have the hope of eternal life in heaven, which yeah. we talked about. And this song is so great because it covers... I mean, really, this song covers almost the whole gambit. <laughs> yeah, the whole storyline. <laughs> the whole storyline, which is which is so cool. It, I mean, yeah, I, I hope for that sure. as we started to think about the lyrics of this song in preparation for this episode, we were like, 
man, this thong is theologically rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I hope that's the same uh, inspiration that you're having with it too. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, yeah. I want to go back to a. I want to go back to one of these lyrics here that I noticed earlier when I was just I was looking over these. Uh, that last that last piece of the song that you read there, "Born that man no more may die." I thought it was very interesting language there because the it's the poetry. author uses so cool. Well, the author uses the term "man," um, not not born that amen or born that some men or even born that men fit lyrically but yeah but born that man and it's this yeah i see what you did there but i'm glossing over your (laughs) joking comment (laughs) it wasn't a joking it's true it wouldn't fit but i get where you're going okay all right uh i'm putting you on detention so you can't speak (laughs) born that man may no more may die is the, this reference to man as mankind, not yeah. like as you were saying earlier, this is not a this is not a salvation that's directed only to some, but it's mm-hmm. available to all. Born that man, mankind, no more may die. Yeah. Um, that this is this is just a, an open invitation that's given out. Like, and it goes back to what we talked about um, in the garden with Adam and Eve. Yep. Right. Like when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, and you know, uh, which was not an apple, by the which way. Is, which is, are you making comment on? <laughs> okay. Anyway. No, that's, that's a common misconception. It's, it's a like, common. Why is it always an apple? It's probably not an, any fruit you've ever seen before. A lot of people think it's a pomegranate. That's bogus. Uh, okay, sorry, well, I don't want to digress. <laughs> yeah, you're on detention now, Doug. Oh. Um, so, but but what we talk about is is when they ate of the fruit is is death was a new reality for them. Death was the reality. They were going to die when they yep. ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And so this lyric, Christ is born so that man no more may die. It's 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 the cure of of that disease of death. That's yeah. what we were talking about. And it's again so rich. Yep. Love it. Um there's some great verses we want to make sure that we touch on here. John eleven twenty five says uh, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and, and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. It's the conversation with the Samaritan woman at the yep. well, if memory serves. I just, uh, yeah. Uh, John three sixteen. 16. Uh, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only sons. Or it's the Lazarus story. I, I think it's the Lazarus <laughs> it story. Because I just read the Samaritan story and I'm in John 4, so I think that's yep. different. Anyway. Um, John three. I'm going to go back to John three sixteen. I just need to go back and memorize John. It's a great book. <laughs> I, I okay. I, I'm reading John in my quiet time right now, and Jesus is so much fun in John. Oh yeah, he is. Love it. It's like I'm God, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a whole thing on John and Jesus. We're going to entitle John. it "I'm God, y'all." <laughs> um, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, uh, yeah you just watched that movie. I did okay. Just watch Guardians. Um, John three sixteen. Uh, I'm I'm sure you've heard of it. For, for God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. In John three three, Jesus replied, "I tell you the truth: unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God." So yeah. the the birth language, yeah, the second birth language is of the song. so much meaning, and talking and knowing what's going to come of Jesus's death. It's it, it. There's yeah. It's it's fun going back and reading John three when Jesus is having this conversation with Nicodemus and just listening. Yeah. You can hear 
as you read, Nicodemus's brain melting as Jesus tells him. Well, I was telling unless you're born again, I was you telling you this kingdom. yesterday. Like th- this reply is a response to a question that Nicodemus had, which has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I know. And I just love that Jesus is like, ah, I don't care about that. Unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus <laughs> yeah. is like, what? <laughs> Jesus, Nicodemus is like, can we shake hands first and just yeah. say hello? Hi. <laughs> Jesus is like, cut the hello, pleasantries. Hello, my name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Cut the malarkey straight to the second birth. Yeah. Yeah. But that's important language because Jesus then goes on to explain that man must be born of water and of the spirit, that mankind can reproduce only physical life, but only the Holy Spirit can mm-hmm. give spiritual life. And so he's making a very profound point, as he was every moment he breathed, about um, the necessity for this re this spiritual rebirth that results in, in eternal life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, resurrection rebirth is a huge theme in this song, even though that's not necessarily a theme of the birth of Christ, that, that's something that was accomplished by his death, uh-huh. burial, and resurrection. It's still, uh, as all these songs do, they look ahead. I mean, you can't just you can't just celebrate the coming of Jesus because it's it, the coming is a celebration, but we celebrate the coming because of what he came and then did. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we got to keep that clear. I mean, yeah, I'll, and you think of Christmas as a birthday party for Jesus. Yeah. Right? And so it's not just, it's not just to celebrate the fact that he was born, but to celebrate the fact that of his life and what and 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 the and everything that he's done yeah and you know it's so it's really cool yeah this song is great you know yeah and so it really helped me to rethink about this song in a new way yeah yeah so this is the most i've ever looked at these songs like i've never really dug in and yeah you just learn the carol and you you know you hear it sung and you're like i can sing that one Mm mm-hmm uh, well, and okay. <laughs> sorry, but what I also love about it is that it gets people like in churches and carolers and all that stuff. Like they're they're proclaiming deep theology, even if they have no idea. It's planting seeds, man. Yeah, it's wow. That's that's the power of that's the power of good songwriting. It's true, especially if you can get one that sticks around for like two hundred years. Yeah, hence <laughs> why he had to say, "Born that man, no more may die," or else it would have thrown off the lyric of the whole song. Yeah. Um, doable steps. He could have done something experimental with it, though. It could have been interesting. <laughs> Ahead of its time. That's true. <laughs> um, doable steps. Uh, I-, I like this one. We've been talking about how how us looking at these songs has really kind of reframed how they sit with us and, and then all the meaning in it. So, parents, if you're parents, if you have kids... Teach your kids the meanings of these songs. Really spend some time because they're going to be singing the songs. You're all going to be singing these Christmas carols, whether it's at church or whether you're going, you know, and knocking on neighbors' doors and singing, whether you're dressed as Dickens or not. You're going to be singing these songs. Or you're at least going to be hearing them. You're at least going to be hearing them. Yeah. On one of, yeah, on, I won't say the radio station, but there's radio stations <laughs> that you'll hear them nonstop. Um, so, it's a great opportunity to talk about what these lyrics mean. Talk about what it is that they're actually saying. Talk about the truths that they get to proclaim. Yeah. And it's not just a truth that it's not. It's not just stumps something that is worth proclaiming, which it totally is. But it's something that provides deep inner meaning too, yeah. as you're thinking about the truths as they pertain in your own life. Yeah. So uh, talk with your kids, your family members, friends, and just say, "Hey, have you ever really thought about Heart the Herald Angels Sing?" Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and I'll I'll take us back to a couple things that we mentioned earlier, just as a as a recap and wrap up. Um, remember, we talked about the theme of reconciliation, uh, reconciliation with God, which is meant to lead to reconciliation between human beings. That's the peace on earth idea mm-hmm. that there's peace between earth and God, but there's also peace 
on the earth between people who are reconciled to one another. Mm. Um, so as we approach Christmas, be thinking about who are the people in your life that you need to extend a hand to and and um, start to rebuild relationship with. Um, be thinking about that. That's something that that believers really are are required to do. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and 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 make Christmas uh, an act of worship. Make sure that your focus is on Jesus and that you're celebrating um, the the coming of the the king who would ultimately die and be raised again for you and secure your salvation. Make sure that Jesus, and this has become cliche at this point, but make sure that Jesus remains at the core of your Christmas celebration, that you don't meander from that. Um, if you do, Christmas is just a fun event uh, and not an act of worship. It's not a recognition of Jesus and who he is. So, so try to maintain your focus in the Christmas season as well. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here with us, whether you're watching or listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about the last song in the series, Oh Holy Night. My favorite. And it is going to be fun. So we'll see you next Tuesday. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.